Jesus. Father, we magnify you in this place. We adore you. We quiet our hearts before your throne of grace. I encourage you to pray in the spirit. Oh, we look at the blood of Jesus. He cleanses our conscience from every dead work to do your will, to worship you, bless your name, hear your voice and understand it and obey it. Thank you for clarity of our mind. Thank you, Jesus, you are the vine, you are the branch. Let the fruits of your presence, Lord God, be manifest in this place and all over the live stream. Thank you for empowering us by your life today, for your government. Govern this place, govern our lives, govern our circumstances. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for you are the life of Christ, you are our joy, you are our salvation. We put on the garments of praise for every spirit of heaviness. We lift up to you, voice to you, our Father God. We worship in the spirit and understanding. We magnify you. You are the King of glory, and your face outshine the brightest sun. So we gaze at your beauty, and we speak what we know, who you are. You are God Almighty, and who loves us. We give you thanks and praise. In your hand, in your 
second return Lord Jesus and as we look to you we are transformed by what we see we look to you we're transformed by your holiness we're transformed by your character transformed by your fruit we are transformed so when you appear indeed will be like you the glorious church who made herself ready Every kingdom of darkness bow down in the name of Jesus. Every chain breaks and broken hearts will declare it praise. Declare it, Lord. He's coming on the clouds. King and kingdoms will bow down. Declare. And every chain Every chain will break as broken hearts declare His praise. But who could stop the Lord Almighty? Our God is the Lion, the Lion of Judah. He's roaring with power and fighting our battle. Every Make way before the King of Kings. So open up the gates. Make way before the King of Kings. The God who comes to save is here to set the captives free. For who could stop the Lord? Almighty, our God is the lion, the lion of truth. 
Whatever you believe, decree. Whatever you believe from the word of God and the prophecies that went ahead, decree and declare in faith, believing. For it is by your mouth the things happen. The prophets have prophesied the coming of Jesus, and in the fullness time he came. So be the prophet of your generation. Prophesy. Decree the time you are in. Declare what he wants to happen in that generation. You are his mouthpiece. Harabaki shelokoto. You are his mouthpiece. Speak it. Say, I am his mouthpiece. I declare, declare the decree that the Lord has said unto me without fear. I'll be the one who declare to my generation the coming, his second coming. He is like a fire that burns the chaff. Declare it. Prepare the way of the Lord for his coming. A thousand generations prophesied, prayed, and we are the one to harvest. A thousand generations falling down in worship to sing the song of ages to the Lamb and all who gone before us. And all who gone before us and all who will believe will sing the song of ages to the Lamb. Sing it again. A thousand generations prophesy. A thousand generations 
falling down in worship to sing the song of ages to the Lamb. And all who gone before us and all who will believe will sing the song of ages to the Lamb. One more time, church, declare. A thousand generations falling down in worship to sing the song of ages to the Lamb. And all who God before us and all who will believe will sing the song of ages to the Lamb. Your name, Jesus. Your name is the highest. Your name is the greatest. Your name stand above them all. All thrones and dominions, all powers and decisions. Your name stand above them all. Your name is the highest. Your name is the highest. Your, Your name is the greatest. Your name stand above them all. For you conquered forever. All thrones and dominions, all powers and positions. Your name, Jesus, stand above them all. And the angels cry.
highest, Lord Jesus. Your name is the highest. Your name is the greatest. Your name stand above them all. Hallelujah. All those and the millions, all powers and possessions. Your name stand above them all. Jesus. Your name. Is the highest your name is the greatest your name stand above them all all thrones and dominions all power and positions your name stand above them all one more time your name Jesus your name is the highest your name is the greatest your name stand above them all everything about jesus thrones and dominions all power and positions your name stand above them all and the angels cry holy and your church cry Holy, you are lifted high. Holy, holy forever. Hear your people sing. Holy to the King of Kings. Holy, you are all. Your name is the highest, your name is the greatest, your name stand above them all, all thrones and dominions, all powers and positions, your name stand above them all, Jesus, your name is the highest, your name is the highest your name is the greatest your name stand above them all all thrones and dominions all powers and positions your name stand above them all and the angels cry oh creation Christ. Holy, you are lifted high. Holy, holy forever. Are your people who sing? Hear your people sing. Holy to the King of Kings. Holy, you will always be. Holy, holy forever. 
you people see. Holy to the King of Kings. Holy, you will always be.
the destiny that he has for you will be fulfilled. And the words and the promises that he has declared and spoken over our lives will come to pass. The visions and the dreams that he has planted within our hearts will be fulfilled. So, Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, we pray today that you would literally, by the power of your spirit, open up the eyes of our understanding. That we would know what is the hope of your calling. That we would know what is required so that those things that you have said and spoken and have ordained for our lives will be fulfilled. Lord, we must not come short, for this is the day and this is the hour. Our salvation is nearer than when we first began. The days are shorter. We must accomplish that for which we were born. So we give you thanks right now for giving us the spirit of wisdom and revelation and understanding and opening up our eyes. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Glory to God. Hallelujah. The Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. Forever and ever his word is settled in heaven. I'm titling today's message, or I should say I have already titled today's message as Faith's Missing Link. Just imagine for a moment that you've been given a car. You've been given a car as a free gift. This car is fully loaded. It has the potential of taking you from point A to point B. But the car comes without a steering wheel. <laughs> you could relate to that. <laughs> it has the potential of taking you to point B. But without that steering wheel, you could miss the mark. You could miss getting to point B. And you can miss the mark over and over and over again. So, what is necessary is that you need to get a steering wheel installed. But here is the thing. Only you can install it. Someone else cannot do it for you. Your pastor, your husband, your wife, your, no one else can do it for you. You have to install that steering wheel yourself. Now that car, in this analogy, this, that car is your fate. And your fate comes loaded. <laughs> it's loaded. It can get you the healing you desire. It can give you deliverance. It can cause prosperity. It can cause the promises of God to be fulfilled. It can get you the promises of God fulfilled. And the scripture says that you are to fight the good fight of faith that you might lay a hold of eternal life. It can cause you to lay a hold of the God kind of life. The abundant life that Jesus said that he came here for you to have. That is how loaded your faith is. That is the kind of potential that your faith has. And the thing about it is, You've got that faith. It is a free gift. 
God has dealt to every man, that includes you, the measure of faith. On top of that, it is the best quality faith that exists. You've got it. It is the faith of Christ. Galatians 2.20 says, You've been crucified with Christ, nevertheless you live, yet it's not you, but it's Christ that liveth in you. And the life that you now live, you live it by the faith of the Son of God. 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 1 says, we have received like precious faith. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 13 says, you have, we have the same spirit of faith. It is the faith of Christ. Jesus says, have the God kind of faith. That is the faith that has been given to you. So you have got the best quality of faith. And here is the fact of the matter. The faith that you have is good enough, and it is enough. It's not just good enough. It's the best quality faith. But you have enough of it. You have enough of it so that nothing is impossible to you. Jesus said that if you've got faith just the size of a mustard seed, the tiniest little seed, you will be able to say to this mountain, be removed. You'll be able to say to this sycamore tree, be uprooted and be planted over there, and nothing shall be impossible to you. So you've got enough faith, you've got the best quality faith, and your faith can get you any and all of the blessings of God. Hallelujah. This faith is so awesome that it says in 1 John 5, 4, that this is the victory that overcomes. It says in Ephesians 6.16, sorry, it says in, in Ephesians 6.16 that this faith, this faith is like a shield and with a shield of faith you can quench every fiery dart of the wicked. This faith that you have is awesome. You live by faith. You live by faith. You live by faith. The life, the Christian life, that God has given unto you, you live it by faith. You walk by faith and not by sight. This faith is awesome. You are capable of living this Christian life. You are able to walk this walk. You can quench the fiery darts of the wicked. You can possess the kingdom of God. You can possess the promises of God. You can walk in divine health. You can come to the place where you can realize scriptures, scriptures that says that we are complete in Christ to become fulfilled and to become a reality. There is a but. Hebrews 11 verse 1 says, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. As awesome as faith is, Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Faith needs hope to work, to work with it, to work with it. Faith needs hope. Faith has to have hope. Without hope, faith has got nothing to work with. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Without hope, faith has no focus. Faith is like the car without a steering wheel. And without that steering wheel of hope, Faith can have a shipwreck. Amen? Faith can miss the mark, not obtain the promises, not have the manifestation of the promises. Now think about it. Because if you think about it, you'll begin to see why is it that we've got all these wonderful, glorious promises. 
but yet many do not have them fulfilled in their life. Not because they don't know the promises, but because they don't have the steering wheel. They don't have the steering wheel. Can you imagine the woman, the woman, um, the woman that, 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 that came out of her house and touched the hem of Jesus' garment? If she had no hope whatsoever that by touching the hem of Jesus' garment she would be made whole, she would not have left her house with her unclean self having an issue of blood. But she had hope. Many do not have the promises of God fulfilled because of this missing link. Hope. You've got to have hope. Hallelujah. And that hope, that and faith does not come with hope. You have got to install it. Now, someone else can only have hope for, to, for you to a degree. But in the things of God and the promises of God and the will of God for your life and the purpose for God, your destiny, you have got to come up with your own hope. You have got to do it. Someone else can't do it for you. Amen? Say, I'm going to get me a steering wheel. Amen. And I'm going to go somewhere. Hallelujah. All right, let's turn to Habakkuk chapter 2. Amen. Hallelujah. Habakkuk chapter 2. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Habakkuk chapter 2, reading from verse 1. In fact, let me read straight from verse 1 all the way to verse 4, and then I'm going to back up and break it down. It says, I will stand my watch. Old King James says, I'll stand upon a wall. I will stand my watch, and I will set myself on the rampart, and I will watch to see what he say to me, and what I will answer when I am corrected. Then the Lord answered and said, Write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it. Because it will surely come. Say surely come. It will not tarry. Behold the proud. His soul is not upright in him. But he but the just shall live by faith. I just saw that it will surely come like I never saw it before. But praise God I'm going to get to it. Hallelujah. Now it's very interesting that this is the first mention of faith, or it might be the second, but it's the first mention of this praise, the just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith is recorded four times in the Bible. This place here in Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 4, and then again in Romans and in Galatians and in Hebrews. The just shall live by faith, and I believe this is the second time the word faith is used. It is very important because when you see something mentioned for the first time, you want to capture it. You want to see the context. You want to get everything you can about it because it will set the pattern for what else is going to be said later. Amen. So let's break this down. Verse 1. I will stand upon my watch and I'm going to sit there until I can see what he says. I will sit until I can see what he says. Not just hear what he says, but see what he says. 
God, in other words, I, gotta, I, I would think I will sit here until I can hear what he says. And once I hear, I got it. Faith come by hearing and hearing. I got it. No, 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 no. That's not what it says there. It says that I will sit until I can see what he says. Until what I, I can see what he says. And what he says creates an image on the inside of my spiritual mind. It creates an image on the inside of me. Amen. And that image that is formed in your imagination is going to call it vision in a little while. But anyway, let's continue. Now, God had promised the children of Israel that they will, the, the, the promised land. Did he promise them the, 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 the promised land? Yes, he did. Now, you can go read account in Numbers chapter 3. But God promised them the, the, the promised land. God says, I'll give it to you. It's yours. But you know the story, the spies came back and they brought an evil report. And the children of Israel, even though they had heard the promise, they heard the promise, they knew the promise, but they could not see themselves in possession of the promise. And because they could not see what he said, they weren't in faith and they died in the wilderness. What is the point? The point of the matter is you can have the promise of God, but you need to not only hear it, but you need to see it. Until you see it, you see that until you can form an image in your mind of that promise being fulfilled, then your faith has got no target. Your faith has got no hope. Your faith has got nothing to work with. And as a result, your faith, it would be dysfunctional and it will not work. You have to see it before you can have it. You've got to see it before you can have it. We could have title, we could use that as a title. Abraham, Abraham, God had called Abraham. God had told Abraham, you know, come, I, I, I'm, I'm going to give you this land. I'm going to give you this, the, 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 your seed is going to be, I'm going to give you this seed and so on and so forth. But even though God, like, and I'm going to come back to it later, but just very quickly. God says, I'm going to give you this land. But God also said, come, let me show it to you. If you see it, you can have it. I'm going to show you the land that I'm going to give you. But I can't give it to you until you see it. You got to see it before you can have it. Let's leave it there for now. But then the scripture goes on to say, I will sit upon my watch until I can see what he says and what I will answer. What I'm going to answer. What I'm going to say. How am I going to conduct myself? In other words, I'm going to sit that I can see what he says so that I might have wisdom. So that, might, uh, that I might have understanding. Because without wisdom and without understanding, I don't know what to do with the promise. Are you with me? So I'm going to sit there until I can see what he says so that I can know how I am to respond. Now, it's very interesting, and I, I, but, but understanding comes through the window of your imagination. Yesterday, someone was, yesterday, uh, uh, somebody was, was saying to me, you know, they're going to give me, um, that they have this thing called aloe vera or whatever it was, and, and if I'd like to have some. I didn't know what they were talking about until they begin to describe it. And when they begin to describe it, and I saw the image of it in my mind, then I understood what they were talking about, this aloe vera plant. 
But that understanding came once I could capture a picture. Are you with me? So I'm going to sit until I can see because once I can see, then I'm going to get understanding. Then I'm going to get wisdom. In fact, let's turn to, let, let's address that right now. Ephesians chapter 1. Paul was praying for the Ephesians church. Now listen to this in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 16 to 23. Paul prays, and it's for a prayer for all believers. Paul in verse 16, Paul says, I do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you what? The spirit of wisdom, and what else? The, uh, the spirit of revelation in the knowledge of him. And then he says, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened. The eyes, in other words, without the eyes of their understanding being enlightened, this spirit of wisdom is not going to happen. This spirit of, of, of revelation will not going to happen. This knowledge of him will not happen. So, that, uh, so I pray for these things. Therefore, I pray that the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened so that you may know, know what? What is the hope of his calling? If it's not enlightened, if those eyes aren't opened up, you're not going to know what is the hope of your calling. And what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? What is his call? What is the exceeding greatness of your power on the inside of you? You're not going to know any of these things. You're not going to be able to grasp it unless you get the, spirit, the eyes of your, of your understanding enlightened. Are you with me? So the, in other words, and we could read the rest of the passage. What is the key to all of that stuff? The eyes of your understanding being enlightened. In fact, that's how you and I ought to pray. There are things that you believe in God for. You ought to pray, oh God, open up my eyes. Help me to see it because I'm, I'm beginning to understand that if I can't see it, if I don't see it, I can't have it. Is this, is this getting important? All right, let's keep going. All right, so... God has provided everything that we need. Everything that pertains unto life and godliness. Is that true? Are we blessed with every spiritual blessing? Of course. All things are ours. When he gives you Jesus, he also gives you all things. But, but, Paul was praying, not that God would give them all of those things, because he already has. Paul was praying that their eyes would be open so that they might know what they have. So that they might know the hope of his calling. They might know what they have. That they might get a revelation of what they already have. I mean, how many times Christians pray, pray these, these really sad prayers? Why? Because of not having understanding because i mean to ask god you know that for god to be with you how can you ask god to be with you how can you when he has said he'll never leave you he'll never forsake you it is like going into a thanksgiving dinner with all kinds of food everywhere and asking is there anything to eat isn't that absurd you get my point so Paul was praying that the eyes of the understanding would be open so that they would know what is the hope, that they would know these things, that they would get a picture of what God has already done. Because if you can't see it, you can't have it. 
Understanding comes through the window of your imagination. Your mind, your imagination, those mental images that are formed on the screen of your mind, so to speak. Look at Ephesians chapter 4, reading from verse 17. This I say, therefore, and I testify in the Lord, that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles, as the people that are without God, they aren't born again. In the futility of their mind, old King James says, the vanity, the vanity of their mind. Having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God. Why? Because of the ignorance that is in them and because of the blindness of the heart. So there's an alienation from this life of God, this power of God, all those things that is inside our born again spirit. And there's an alienation from it. Why? Because of ignorance because of blind because of ignorance because of the understanding being darkened and so on but let's let, let's let, let's let's back up here a little bit it says don't walk like these other gentiles that walk in the vanity of their minds that word vanity when you go to the greek has to do with it's a word that basically means transient transient homeless. They're here, then they're there, they're there, then they're there. There is no focus. There is no focus. Don't be like the other Gentiles. Don't be conformed to the world. Don't be like the people who don't know God. They don't have a focus, especially in, the, in spiritual things and the truth of God's word. They don't even have the word. And so because of that, guess what? No understanding. So that understanding is connected to what? The vanity or the lack thereof of the mind. In other words, it is connected to the mind having a, be, not having any focus. For you and I as believers, it means this. That our mind must not function like the Gentiles. Our mind must not function in that place where there is no focus. It is just all over the place. Do we know the scripture says in Matthew 6 verse 22 that if a man's eye is single, his whole body will be full of light. We listen to Proverbs chapter 4 verse, verse 25 to 26. Our minds must not be all over the place. And that is why, you know, many people have sleep problems. You know why? They can't control their mind. The mind, the devil takes the mind off and, and they're wondering about all kinds of stuff that creates anxiety and everything else and they have no rule over their mind. They can't capture, their, they can't let their thoughts focus. They can't keep looking on to Jesus. They can't stay with the word. They wander off here, they wander off there. Proverbs chapter 4, read from verse 25. Let your eyes look straight ahead and your eyelids look right before you. Ponder the paths of your feet and let all your ways be established. Do not turn to the right or to the left. Remove your foot from evil. What are we talking? Focus. It was that lack of focus, which was the way the, 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 the people that were without God, that is what caused the lack of understanding. And that is what caused um, the, the, the mind being darkened and all of this other stuff and the ignorance and everything else. Well, a Christian is susceptible to being alienated from the life of God, walking in ignorance, having their hearts insensitive and all of that. Why? Because of not, uh, not letting their mind be focused. Not allowing the image of the word of God 
to be formed in their thinking. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by what? The renewing of the mind. And because of that, when that is, what happens? You see, at the end of the day, let me put it this way. A focused eye or a focused imagination is necessary for you to experience the abundant life, the prosperous life, the healed life, the successful life, the eternal life, the life of God that was reserved for you from before the foundation of the world. Joshua 1 verse 8 puts it this way. It says, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall what? Meditate. The word imagine and imagination is involved in meditate. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate day and night. You shall meditate day and night. Why? So that you might observe to do. So that you might observe to do. But without that meditation, without that um, envisioning, without going through that process, you wouldn't know what to do. You wouldn't have understanding. You wouldn't have the wisdom. So I'm going to sit here until I can see so that I would know what to do. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate therein day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written therein. And then you're going to make your way prosperous. And then you're going to have good success. And then if you don't, you won't. Psalms 1. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight, his delight, I feel like saying his focus. His delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. Oh, that word enters into his mind, and the entrance of the word give it light. It brings understanding. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf shall not wither, and whatever he does will prosper. Who? Him. Not everybody. Not every believer, but the one who lives this. It says in Psalm chapter 2, verse 1, Why do the heathen rage and the people plot a vain thing? And the word vain thing is, is, is the same word. Why do they imagine a vain thing. Hallelujah. Let me still play with this a little bit more. <laughs> All right. Jesus said, okay, let me just turn to it. Matthew chapter 13. When time is up, we will stop. <laughs> Take the pressure off. <laughs> All right. Matthew chapter 13. Listen to this. Verse 14 and 18. I don't know if you're going to get another opportunity to hear this. So let me give it to you right. All right. And in this, and in them, the prophecy of, of Isaiah is fulfilled. Jesus speaking. Hearing the children of Israel. Remember those that died in the wilderness? Remember those that, 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 that I mean, they couldn't. They could not. Listen to it. They could not enter the promised land. They could not possess the promise. Why? Because of the way they saw. They, they saw themselves as grasshoppers. They weren't seeing right. Well, it's the same for believers today. If they don't see right, they can't possess the promises. You know, we love to say God watches over his word to perform it. And of course he does. Jeremiah 1 verse 12. But Jeremiah 1 verse 11. 
says, you have well seen. I will watch over my word to perform it. If you have not well seen, I don't have anything to perform. Hope, faith without hope, faith without that seeing element that comes through the imagination is aimless. It's like a car without a steering wheel. So Matthew chapter 13, okay, talking about the children of Israel. Here Jesus says, hearing you will, you will hear, but you're not going to understand. Seeing you will see, but not perceive. Because the hearts of these people have grown dull. Their ears are hard of hearing. Their eyes, they have closed. Lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears. And lest they should understand with their hearts and turn so that I should heal them. What is Jesus saying? Jesus is saying here that if they would see with their heart. If they would see with their heart. If they would see with their imagination, they, and they would, then what would happen is, if they would see right, if they would see from their heart, if they would let the image of what God has said be formed in them, and so that they see right, and they hear right, God's, and they understand, you see? You see what comes before the understanding? Seeing. And they understand, and then look at this now, God, Jesus says, and I will heal them. What does he mean? He says, I'll work with them. I'll work with you. Jesus and the Holy Ghost will work with you. But you got to see. If you don't see, he can't work with you. The Holy Ghost performs miracles. But does he do it based on the works of the law? No. He does it by the hearing of faith. Are you in faith? And if you really are in faith, then you got to see before you have. You gotta see that if I touch the hem of his garment, I'll be whole. You've gotta see that if Jesus could come to my house and lay his hands on my daughter, she's gonna be made well. You gotta see it. <laughs> if you don't see it, Jesus is not gonna come to your house. <laughs> sorry about that. <laughs> anyway, sorry. That was just that was just sitting there. <laughs> All right. So Jesus says I'll be able to work with you. All right. Let me get back over here to Habakkuk. You remember Habakkuk, right? We're not done with Habakkuk. Okay, let me go back and find Habakkuk. Habakkuk. Okay, so I will stand upon my watch. I will set myself upon this rampart until I can see what he says so that I will know what to answer. In other words, until I see, I don't know what to say. Until I see, I don't have the wisdom and understanding. Then the Lord asked, answered me and said, write the vision. What do you mean a vision? The vision is that which you see. The vision, you see the vision... Uh, the vision is that mental image that is formed in your imagination. I'm going to say that again. The vision is that mental image that is formed in your imagination. So write that vision. Make it plain on tablets. And your, your heart is a tablet. That he may run who reads it for the vision. It is yet for an appointed time. But at the end, it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it. Because it will surely come. It will surely come. It will not tarry. Now check this out for more. Okay. Behold the proud. His soul is upright within him. But the just shall live by faith. The proud, he doesn't operate that way. 
The proud man, his mind begins to say, no, this is not what it looks like. I mean, he gets caught up by his reasoning and by his logic and carnality. But that's not how it works. But the just, the one who is just and is, and is operating right, the just shall live by faith. What does this faith look like? This faith begins here. I got to see. I got to have that image in my mind, in my form, in my imagination. I got to stay with that word long enough for it to happen. I will sit upon this wall until I can see. I will behold the glory of the Lord. I will look at that light that shines into a dark place until the day star arises. This is how this faith, this is the first mention of faith. This has got to be there. So this is how this faith works. It has to have that vision. It has to have that, that mental image. And then watch it. And then when it gets that vision and it gets that mental image, it stays with it. It does not abort it. And it stays with it because at the end it's going to produce. But I got to stay with it. I got to stay with it. Uh, and if I stay with it, because it was born of the Spirit of God, it shall surely come to pass. But I got to stay with it. It is as if that, that seed of the word of God that you sat and you waited and you, until you can see it is as if that seed of the word, which is like a sperm, the seed, the incorruptible seed of God, of the word of God. And that sperm of the word is now creates that image within your imagination. And then what happens is you stay with it long enough and now it conceives. The sperm conceives. And all you got to do now is just go through the nine months. Go through the nine months and you're going to have a baby. A baby will surely come. But you're going to have to stay in the process. Even though it tarry, wait for it. Don't abort it. And this seed, this, this conception that takes place with that image being formed in your imagination, and it's now called vision, when this thing becomes conceived because you stayed with it, you meditated in it, and, and, and when it becomes conceived, the place in which it becomes conceived in your imagination is like your spiritual womb. Now it's just a matter of birth. Well, I'm fast-forwarding a little bit. But a whole conception process, that's your hope. But without hope, there is nothing for faith to give substance to. Without hope, there is no birth coming, taking place. Can you see that? You've got to have that. Or else there is nothing for faith to give substance to. All right. So, let me back up here. <laughs> so the baby's in the womb. I'm reading my notes here. <laughs> Don't abort the baby. <laughs> the baby's in the womb. And it may take some time. But at the end, it will come forth. Faith will give it birth. Faith now, this faith that we're talking about here, the first mention of faith, it stays with the vision. It stays with the vision. And it stays with this positive imagination. Now you see, this is what hope is. Hope is the positive imagination. All right, I'll come back to that. 
So it stays with that hope. It stays with that positive imagination. And it stays with it. Hebrews 6 verse 11 says, To hold fast and be diligent where that hope is concerned. And then verse 12 in Hebrews 6 says, And through faith and patience you obtain the promises. In other words, through faith and staying in faith, you're going to obtain the promises. Baby's going to come forth. But the proud, the proud is not like that. But the just, he's like that. He lives by faith. So let me put it in this way. Now this is the first mention of faith, and I think that is very important. This is how the just lives. This is how those that are born again, that are the righteousness of God in Christ, they live by faith. And this is how this faith operates. It says in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 13, now hear me. It says, faith, it says, now abide it. It means it's there all the time. Faith, hope, and love. These three, and the greatest of these is love. Now abide it, faith, hope, and love. May I say to you, may I say to you that first of all, this hope, this faith, has to have what? Hope. And you say, well, what about the love? Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> James 1 verse 12 says, Blessed is the man that endures temptation. For when he that endures temptation, when he is tried, he will receive the crumb of life that the Lord had promised to them that love him. That love him. In other words, God says, you staying in faith. When the, when the storms come, when the contradictions are there, when whatever is happening... And you just decide, you know what? I believe God's word. And you see, love, love is what the word, the word is what love has to say. Because God is love. So when you stay with the word, when you stay with the word, you're operating in love. You are in agreement with what love says. So it says, so when you endure, when you remain patient, you're going to receive a crown of life for who? For them that love God. So this love then, and patience are in this context very synonymous. So, so then, what is the point? This first mention of faith, the just shall live by this faith, involves hope. That means you got to see the image on the inside. And it involves staying with that vision. Staying with it. Without it, don't cast away your confidence. Don't throw away your patience. Don't, 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 you need to persevere. You got to stay in faith. Let me give you a couple of scripture, scriptural examples. Ha, ha, ha. The woman with the issue of blood. Remember? She saw, if I could touch the hem of his garment, there was hope. And she went out, she touched him. The centurion, he saw, he believed, and he could see it. Jesus, you don't have to come to my house, man. Just speak the word. My servant is going to live. It's going to be well. He could see it. Now you say, well, okay, I don't see patience in that one. All right. But how about the Syrophoenician woman? Remember? She came and said, my daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. Would you come give her? Would you deliver her? And Jesus refused. And Jesus says, no. Da, 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 you know, you don't, you don't take the children's bread and cast it to dogs. And she didn't quit. Number one, she saw if you, that you got the power and you can get my daughter delivered. And she, she saw it. She had the faith, but you know what? She had a perseverance and faith. I ain't leaving here until I get some deliverance for my daughter. The woman in Luke chapter 18 came to the unjust judge. What was she there for? She had a hope 
that even though this judge is unjust, I am going to get some justice in this court here today. So she had hope. And Jesus said she had faith because when you're returned, will you find such faith in the earth? But she also had what? Patience and perseverance. I am leaving here until you give me what I came for. Can you see it? So here is the deal. Now, you and I have got glorious promises of God. But if we don't mix it with faith, it will not produce. The promises be left them of entering into his rest, they didn't enter there because it did not mix it with faith. Isn't that right? Hebrews 4 verse 3, 2 and 3. So God has the, the, the fact of the matter is the spiritual reality in your life and in the life of every believer is that in your spirit you are created in righteousness and true holiness. But if you don't, if you don't mix that with faith and that works, but if you don't mix that with hope and faith and love, perseverance, it's not going to happen. In other words, then let me put it this way. Their spiritual realities will not become natural realities without making sure that you've got hope, faith, and love. In the mind of Christ, you better see it before you have it. And we can go on and on and on, but let's continue. All right. So, let's make a little shift. So now let's zero in a little bit more. Let's look at the power because what we're saying here is that there's an awesome power to this imagination. It's more powerful. You see, we have had this idea. We've been sold a lie that says that somehow that, that, that using your imagination is some kind of child's play, fantasy. Well, it's only fantasy if the very thing that you are fantasizing about, so to speak, is beyond the realm of possibilities. In other words, you're thinking about, 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 about I don't know, chickens growing teeth or elephants flying or some crazy thing like that, then that's not possible. But when you've got a word of God, you're dealing with possibilities. Are you with me? Amen. All right, I'll do that. The power of imagination. I wrote this to, to um, uh, um, just actually it was yesterday to, to a friend that was dealing with some stuff. And um, I'm, I'm just going to read it to you. Now, it's a little bit f further on in this message, but I think the Lord wants to have me read it now, now anyway. And I was saying to them, and now listen carefully, okay? Because this is a capsule of this teaching here. God has created us to conceive miracles in our spiritual womb. Our imagination is the spiritual womb where we conceive. The word of God is a seed. It is like a sperm when planted in one's heart, the imagination. Faith and staying in faith will give it birth. So faith for anything that God has promised begins by biblical meditation on the word in order to produce hope, positive imagination, and conception. Faith now goes to work to give substance to the hope by getting a hold of whatever grace or provision is needed for its fulfillment. 
Romans 4 verse 16 says, it is a faith that it might be by grace so that the promise might be available to who? All the seed. It shall surely come. And now, through faith and staying in faith, faith gives birth. So once there is the seed, the seed of the word of God, of the promise of God, there is nothing too hard and there is nothing that is impossible. Amen? All right. So let's see the power of the imagination. Genesis chapter 11. Genesis chapter 11. Now, you know the story. Okay, let me just read it in from verse 1. Now, the, the whole earth had, a, had one language. Say one language. And one speech. And it came to pass as they journeyed from the east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar. And they dwelt there. Then they said to one another, Come, let us make bricks and make them, um, um, and make them thoroughly that they... And they had brick for stone, and they had asphalt for mortar. And they said, come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower whose top is in the heavens. Let us make a name for ourselves, let, lest we be scattered abroad over the face of the whole earth. Lest we be scattered about, about the face of the whole earth. God said, let them be fruitful, multiply, and fill up the earth. We don't want that to happen. Lest we be scattered above, abroad over the face of the whole earth. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the sons of men had built. And the Lord said, indeed, the people are one and they all have one language. They are one and they have one language. They have unity and agreement and they are saying the same thing. Capture that, man. Whew. Man, that's power right there. <laughs> Indeed, the people are one and they all have one language and this is what they began to do. Now, nothing that they propose or imagine to do will be withheld from them. God said, whatever these people imagine, they'll be able to do. God saw their imagination of these wicked men. He saw them, he saw their imagination having such power that it was a threat to his plan for the whole earth to be populated. Think about it. So God is saying here, there is power in the imagination, even of the wicked. Amen. And I just thought of a Hitler, but I'm not going to even go there. There is power in the imagination. If you can see it, you can have it. Now, what I also see here, and I'm just going to put this out there because God is going to do some great things as we come into 2024. But I'm going to tell you right now from here, it tells me this. It says that if you and I, if we are in agreement, husband and wife, if you are church, if you are in agreement and you are saying the same thing, woo, nothing will be impossible. Glory to God. Ooh. Well, imagination is powerful and it can, be, it can be constructive or it could be destructive. When used correctly and it is hooked up to the word of God and the will of God, 
Because you'll notice how these people are, this, this was I and me and us. When it's used co correctly and it's hooked up to the will of God, it becomes the spiritual womb where conception of the promises of God and miracles are conceived and incubated. All right? Remember Sarah? I was thinking about this one too. This is a nice one. <laughs> Sarah, the scripture says in, 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 um, in Hebrews 11 verse 11, she received strength to conceive after she was past the childbearing age because she judged God as faithful. Here is this little old lady, and I don't mean to be no disrespect, but this little lady saw she believed God was faithful. And even though she was supposed to be barren, she could see it. She could see it. I'm going to have so much children, more than the sand and the seashore, more than the stars in the sky, because Abraham had shared that with her. And she can, she can see it, and she believed God was faithful. And because she could see it, she had that hope. And guess what? She gave birth. Now, let me ask. Now, this is the way I look at this. And she, she literally produced a miracle. Now, I took it out and I thought to myself, you might be a little bit older. You might be as old as Sarah. But I'll tell you something. Here's a, here's a word for you. <laughs> if you can see it, you can have it. You can conceive and give birth to a miracle. If Sarah can do it, you can do it. Amen. Let me back up and say something as this thought. Many times God gives us visions and dreams. We ought to create our own by going to the word of God and meditating in it until it is conceived and, and, and formed in our spiritual womb. But their dreams and visions, I know I've had some that God has spoken, that God has given to us. However, that dream and that vision is not going to come to pass just because God gave you a vision or a dream. He did give you a vision. He did give you a dream. The promise does say whatever it says, but it is not going to come to pass if you don't conceive it in your spiritual womb so that faith could come along and give it birth. In other words, then, there are visions that the Lord has given me. And sad to say, this is, I'm preaching this because the Lord has shown me what I'm talking to you about here. I'm talking about my own areas where I've missed it. And one of the things is, is exactly this. Because the Lord gave me a vision, it doesn't mean it's going to come to pass. And it doesn't mean I didn't hear from God. It didn't mean you didn't hear from God. But I have got to, you have got to, you got to have conception. And then you got to give birth. Now that birth might come by faith. That birth might, well, if faith is definitely involved, it might also involve some intercession and some other things. But it's up to you. It's on you. It's on you. It's on you. You've got to provide the steering wheel. Amen? No, no, there is good news. Hope comes from the scriptures. All right. Whoo, glory to God. Hallelujah. Most of the time, particularly in the Old Testament, in regards to unregenerated men, it is spoken of as imagination. I, I don't know how many times, but, but, but uh, it, it, the, the word imagination, I think, is used. I, I got to check it out, but 30-something times. And 90-something and, and percent of the time, it's used in a negative way. And it's primarily because it's in the Old Testament, and it's primarily because it's referring to unregenerated men that aren't born again. And so they're, 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 um, and, and, and they're, so because it's men that aren't born again, 
and they have that seed of iniquity in them, their imagination has a natural tendency to be evil and to be against God. It says in Psalms 103, verse 13 and 14, God says, Like as a father pities his children, so the Lord pities them that fear him. For he knows our frame that we are dust. Now the word frame is the same word imagination. He knows our imagination. He knows our imagination that it is dust. He knows that, we, that, the, that our frame, he knows that the spine of our very being, the very things to which the rest of our being is connected up to, he knows it is fragile, he knows it is of dust, and he knows it has a natural evil tendency. Are you with me? So that evil imagination, that imagination generally is evil and it primarily refers to unsaved, unregenerated people. But that's particularly in the old covenant. In the new covenant, when that imagination is positive and is based on the word and the will of God, it's called hope. It, they both have the same definition. Imagination is seeing the unseen. It's seeing with, your, with the mind of your eye, with your heart, seeing what, does not, what is not present in the natural, what is not physically present, and being able to see it with your heart. Well, hope is the same thing. It says in, in um, Romans chapter 8, verse 24, uh, but we were, we are saved, we were saved in this hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. It's the same definition. Hope has to do with what's not seen. Faith is the substance of what? The things hoped for that are not seen. Well, imagination is the same thing. The difference is hope is positive. And that is why we will find, when we look at hope, we will find a number of positive scriptures. We look at imagination, we'll find a lot of negative scriptures. We look at hope, we, we look at imagination, we will find scriptures like in Genesis 6 verse 5, how the imagination of men are always evil. We will find what we just saw uh, with the Tower of Babel. But when we look at hope, we will see um, hope making not ashamed because the love of God has been shed abroad in our heart. And right here in Romans chapter five, 8 verse 24, but we were saved in this hope. Again, we, we see, we see in, in, um, uh, the God of all hope fills you with all joy and peace and believing. And we'll find all these positive scriptures. Why? Why? You know, there's a message. In fact, I did, I did a particular take on this one time. Get your hopes up. Get your hopes up. Now, the thing about hope, and I, I don't have time to go in this direction, but hope becomes an anchor for your soul. Because in the time when you are waiting for the baby to come forth, in the time of the duration, in the time when, the, you know, there's, the division has, is still, you got to still wait on it before it is fulfilled. During that time, there are storms that can come against your boat. You might have some bad symptoms. There might be some things happening. But guess what? If you have hope, and you can see it with the eye of your mind, and that image is formed, and it's conceived, then the hope will become like an anchor. So that even though the waves are hitting against your boat, you're going to stay put. You're going to say, my Redeemer live. It's going to work out. I'm trusting God. He said it. He's going to fulfill it. And, you, and, and against natural hope, you will believe in hope so that you could receive the promise. You're going to stay put. And that way your ship is not going to be blown off track and wander off somewhere and crash against a rock. Does that make sense? All right. Hallelujah. 
All right, let me just move through this here very quickly. Conception, I've kind of covered this a, a little bit prematurely, but I covered it anyway. To receive from God and make your faith work, your imagination is a major, major, major key. I trust that at this point you've seen it. We don't have time, but if you go and look at Abraham, God called Abraham in Genesis chapter 11 to come follow him. He took a long time before he left. Um, where it was, Tehran or something. He took a long time before he left. But when he finally left in Genesis chapter 12, and he was going out and he was following God, he didn't quite believe yet. He wasn't quite there. His, you know, God says, I'm going to make your father many nations, and I'm going to, but he couldn't see it. He didn't quite get it. But God, he said, I'm going to work with him. I know where God began to work with him? In his mind. God says, come here, come here, come here, come here. Walk through the land. Walk through the land. As far as the eye can see, I'll give it to you. Can you come the sand on this seashore? You're going to have more kids than that. Go outside in the night. Can you come those stars? You're going to have more kids than that. What was God doing? God was plastering his mind and creating that image of what God wanted to see fulfilled. Well, that is what happens when we get a hold of the word of God. Our mind becomes plastered with that which God wants to see fulfilled. And so what was happening? God was working with Abraham to bring him to such a place. So you got to see it before you can possess it. It says in Proverbs 29 verse 18, where there is no vision, the people perish. It ain't going to happen. You got to see it. I wish above all things that you might prosper even as you got to see it. Habakkuk 2 verse 1, we'll be looking at that. I'll sit upon the wall until what? I can see what he says. 2 Corinthians 4 verse, verse, verse 13 and 18 says, we've got the same spirit of faith. And what happened? We look not at the things that are seen, but at the things that are not seen. We look not at the things that are seen, but we look at the things that are not seen. How can you see the things that are not seen? With the eye. With that hope, with the eye of the imagination. Oh, So they did Okay, uh, let me say this, and I, I need to do this anyway. Here's the deal: even as faith without works is dead, so faith without hope is blind. Faith without hope is blind. Abraham saw God's promises come to pass before his hands ever held it. Is that right? Peter. <laughs> Peter was walking on water. Peter said, Jesus, if it's you, bid me come. And Peter in his mind could see himself walking on water. Before he stepped out to that boat. And he stepped out and he was doing fine. He had that hope. It's going to be all right. I'm heading. But unfortunately, <laughs> he took his eyes off Jesus and he began to sink. Because what? He took that hope and that vision and he aborted it. Hope, a positive imagination. If that hope is not present, then your faith is missing a link. All right. So, 
But now your imagination feeds and your imagination has to have something to work with. If you, all you do is you sit in front of the TV and you see commercials of sickness and disease and this particular medication that has all these side effects, da-da-da-da-da, uh, if you do that, then what is, what, what is going to be created in your mind? What is going to be created in your mind is when you get older, you're going to have to have this certain kind of lift that will take you up the stairs and all that kind of stuff. Many sometimes remain in a place of illness, wheelchair, whatever the case is, because they can't see themselves out of it. Here's the point. Your faith feeds on the information that it's fed with. So you got to feed it with the right food. Because one way the other is going to feed on some stuff. First Corinthians 15 verse 33 says, Evil communication corrupts good manners. In other words, then the thought processes in your mind. The thought processes in your mind is what you feed on. Is, is, is where your imagination is going to come from. You better make sure those thought processes are right. Therefore, your imagination is to be fed the word of God. How? Through meditation. The word must paint a picture in your mind. And then you've got to conceive it in your spiritual womb. Then your body is going to want to go get it done. Your future at the end of the day is already in your heart. But it will not come out into your body and into your life without passing through your mind, your soul. That's why it says, don't be conformed to this world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you might prove and experience God's perfect and acceptable will. If the mind is not renewed, you're not going to prove God's acceptable will. If you don't do something with the images, it's not going to happen. Most people don't see manifestation and God's will come to pass. Why? Because their imagination is exposed to the wrong stuff, the wrong images, evil, evil communication. But we got to meditate on the word of God to the point where, where the physical sight, what you can see with your physical eyes is not as real as what you're seeing with the mind of your soul, with the mind of with the, with the eye of your imagination. All right. I got to close. So let me give you this here now. Six steps that you can take to have a positive imagination. Six steps that you can take to have a positive imagination or you could say spiritual hope. So that your faith got something to work with. Number one, you must intentionally feed your mind and your imagination with the word of God and with the promises of God. You got to do it on purpose. You got to do it on purpose. And then you got to use your imagination to create that vision. You got to see yourself well. You got to see that vision that the Lord, the Lord has given to you. You got to see it fulfilled. Your eyes must be closed and you'll be able to see it. Number two, you got to now guard your heart with all diligence. You can't just allow anything to get in there. You got to guard your eye gates. You got to guard your ear, your ear gate. You got to guard your mouth. And you got to be diligent about it. Number three. You got to guard your thoughts. Because as a man thinking in his heart, so is he. You can't allow any kind of thoughts to get in there. And because of that, number four. 
You've got to monitor your thoughts to the point that when you see a thought that is rebellious, that is against the word of God, that is against what you desire to see fulfilled, you must cast it down and make it obey the word of God. 2 Corinthians 10 verse 3 to 5. The scripture says, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue that rise up against you in judgment, you must condemn it. You've got to do something about the thoughts and you've got to do something about the words. <laughs> uh, okay. And you've got to do something about the words that are contrary. You've got to cast it down. Not God for you. Not somebody else for you. You've got to resist the devil. Okay. So number one was intentionally feed, feed your mind the word of God. Number two is guard your heart with all diligence. Yeah. And then number three is to guard your thoughts. And then number four, monitor and cast out what is contrary. And then number five, watch your mouth. Because your tongue will write upon your heart. Watch your mouth. It is one thing to talk faith. But then it's another thing when you get by yourself. What is the self-talk? What's happening in your mind? What are you muttering in your mind? Are you complaining? Are, are you saying, man, I don't know. Nah, nah, nah. What is happening with your self-talk? That's very important. Your self-talk, well, however you're talking in your mind quietly that nobody can hear, those, that is creating images and it will channel. It will channel your imagination. In so, it's going to create certain things in your imagination and it will channel your faith to either have a faith wreck or a faith success. What am I saying? You got to watch your mouth and you got to watch those self-thoughts. I'm, and I'm kind of doing both at the same time. All right. And then finally, to get to your destination, you got to stay in hope. It says in, in um, Hebrews 3 verse 6, hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of your hope firm to the end. Firm to the end. Peter was doing fine when he was walking in water, but he didn't hold his full hope firm to the end. Hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of your hope firm to the end. Peter didn't do that, and that's why he began to sink. Amen? And then you got to stay in faith. Through faith and patience, you obtain your promises. Stay in faith. Stay with the vision. Stay with the vision. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to end here just because of time. But you need to ask yourself a question. Is there a faith link? Has there been a faith link missing in your life? Especially in those areas where you want to see manifestation. Do you have that faith link? Or have you discarded it or it's not there? If you don't, you need to get it. But check yourself out. You believe in God for this. You want to see this happen or that happen. Have you taken the time to conceive it in your heart, in your mind, to create that mental image? Because if you haven't, then there's a very, very, very good chance you will not have fulfillment. Amen? It's, a pre it's pretty plain. Amen? So I pray in the name of Jesus that God would open up the eyes of your understanding 
so that it will give you a supernatural grace to help you to see what he's saying. And so that you can get it, capture the vision, capture the image, and run with it. In the name of Jesus. Amen? Amen. I'm going to stop here for now. And I'm going to ask you to give. You know, we are celebrating this time of the year, Christmas, which basically is about God giving us his son, giving us his very best. And in the very essence of Christmas, I know we exchange gifts and stuff, and that's an expression of that giving spirit. But when you are born again, you've got eternal life. You've got that kind of spirit in you. And so at this time of Christmas when we are giving, I want to encourage you to sow a seed, to give. Sow a seed and give to this ministry. You're doing it to this ministry, but technical, technically speaking, but in actual fact, you're doing it as unto the Lord. And you are releasing that giving, gracious, liberal spirit that you do have on the inside of you. Amen? So no matter where you are, you might be on live stream, Facebook, this, wherever it is. God sees and God, the spirit of God, sees your heart, sees your finances. And so I'm encouraging you to give. Ready? You're here on site? Give. Do it as unto the Lord. The instructions as to how you can give, there are several different ways. You can see it. On, uh, there are several different ways. And um, you can just, you know, whether it be by text or visa or whatever the case is. Just go ahead and do that. It's on the screen. Praise the name of the Lord. Now, I'm going to say this because it is the truth. When you give and you give as unto the Lord, it may leave your hand, but it doesn't leave your life because it comes back to you. Good measure pressed down, shaking together and running over. God multiplies that seed that you sow. It says, cast your bread in the water and it comes back to you after many days. It may come back to you financially. It may come back to you in other ways. But as you sow your seed, it might be a tithe, it might be an offering, whatever it is, it might be a special gift at Christmas. God sees and God will see to it that he's no man debtor that it comes back to you multiplied in Jesus' name. So Father, I pray for every single one, Lord God, that you would bless them in their giving. And that you will increase the fruit of their righteousness. That you will multiply the seed that they sow in the name of Jesus. I pray, O oh Lord God, that even as they sow the seed, and it might be a money seed, but that in so doing, they will so open up their lives to the involvement of your spirit in their lives, in areas that might have nothing to do with finances. But we believe your word. You shall meet all of their needs in whatever area, according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. So as they release their gift, their financial seed, that money seed, I believe, Lord God, that you are releasing grace that abound towards them in the name of Jesus. So you are blessed as you give. Amen? Praise the name of the Lord. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Well, until we meet on the next broadcast, stay strong and stay blessed. You are forever blessed.